Hey, welcome to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. Leaving a financial legacy isn't something that happens by accident. It takes planning. We've put together a guide with seven steps to leave a financial legacy and have made it available for free on our website. This guide covers designing your legacy, estate planning, financial education, and protecting your legacy. The link to download seven steps to leave a financial legacy is listed in the episode description, or you can go to wiserinvestor.com, scroll to the bottom and find it there. Now on to today's episode. Welcome to the Wiser Retirement Podcast. We believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith. Guiding you to financial freedom is my co-host today, Brad Lyons. And today we are joined by Gary Bottoms, chairman and uh, CEO of the Bottoms Group. Uh, Gary, we've known each other actually quite a while. Long time. And hey, Brad. Hi, Casey. <laughs> we've known each other uh, quite a while. Um, and I, 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 I'm really grateful that you came on to have a conversation with us today. Sure. My pleasure. Um, I want to start off, you know, today's topic is about really succession planning for small business owners, which I'm sure you see a lot of, um, your, your primary, uh, job at where at bottoms group is, is to focus on life insurance. Right. Right. And so, uh, buy sell agreements, you know, that's, that's a life insurance uh, strategy and, right. and, and I'm sure many others that we can, we right. can get into, but, uh, you, you wrote a book. Um, when did you write this book? Uh, I think it came out in 2013. But this is an updated version that I have. Okay, I have. yeah, maybe the updated soon. was a little later. I don't know, maybe 2018. 2018, okay. So you, you can find it on Amazon. It's 10 Strategies to Avoid Regrets, uh, and it's called Getting It Right, a gener- the Generational Impact of uh, Our Life and Estate Plan. So what what drove you to to write this book? Because there is some things about insurance in here, but you actually don't talk about insurance the entire book. Right, right. <laughs> well, uh, I started in this business when I was 22 years old, which is a long time ago. Right out of uh, Georgia Tech, right? Out right? Of, right out of Georgia Tech. Go Jackets? Yeah, yeah. go Jackets. <laughs> All dressed up um, out there and didn't really know much of anything, actually. You know, 22, right. I, honestly, being honest. I was 22 it. once, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can remember that. <laughs> so... By 2013 or thereabouts, uh, I'd experienced a lot. I'd seen a lot with families. I'd seen a lot with businesses. I'd seen things that worked. I'd seen things that didn't work. And um, I'm basically at heart an introvert. I don't go out. I'm not a sales guy. You don't do podcasts daily? No, I don't do podcasts <laughs> daily. I, I don't go out and push things. I'm not a, I don't consider myself a good salesman, but I listen a lot. And I have a lot of empathy. And I've seen a lot of families go through things, mm. and I've had a lot of conversations with families. And I know it's very, very one of the most difficult things you deal with, uh, for a lot of us anyway, is fa- is family type relationships because you want it all to work. Right. And I had seen some things that didn't work, and that's why I came up with a subtitle: uh, strategies to avoid regrets, because it's it's kind of sad to. Live a long, good life, be maybe successful financially, have a great business, for example. Uh, look successful, be successful by the world's standards, and then lose it at the very end. It's like a playing a good game and losing it at the very end. Mm-hmm. In the last second, you lose it, you blow it, you're gone, and things have blown up. Things didn't work the way. Yeah, I thought I thought mom and dad were smart people, but look at this mess they left. So that's mm-hmm. why I wrote the book. That's a long answer to why I wrote the book. Because I got a lot inside me I want to get out. And frankly, 
not many people want to listen to all that, you know, like a speech. You, you can't spend a year meeting with people and have a bunch of sessions to say all that. So mm-hmm. I wrote it and figured that those that were very that, that were interested in it, uh, you know, could read it. And I've been amazed. I, I wrote it, by the way, to give away, not to sell. And I've, I've given away. That's why we had to do the second edition because we've, we've given away all the <laughs> all the, the first the, edition, the, the initial <laughs> rounds. So, uh, so anyway, that's why I did it. Well, it, you know, your your theme goes right along with our theme for our podcast for this quarter, which is um, leaving a legacy. And we have a, a download on our website. Um, not a book, but just uh, you know, seven steps to make sure you're leaving a, a good legacy. And legacy, we, we talked about in our podcast. Brad and I have. It's not all about finance. It's it's also your morals, your 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 um, how to manage money. It's it's not all about wealth and passing on a hundred million dollars, right? Um, one of the keys to success. I still love our interview with um, uh, Mr. Hughes. Um, was the, uh, the the covenant the family covenant. yes thank you <laughs> the fam- the family covenant but then but then also um, making each generation the first generation so that we all have mentalities of wealth being wealth creators and not just not just uh, spending the wealth and so if you have a first generation mentality then your family wealth overall will can continue to grow and and so it's um, you know, in your in your business, life insurance is a very important part of a whole plan. And you talk about building a team, and we talk about that as well, uh, putting together a team of people because uh, it's not just one person. Financial advisors like us end up being the quarterback, and we bring in people, um, and sometimes all at the same time. You know, if if it's complicated enough. But when when you think about um, just just business planning in general. What are some pitfalls that you see? Maybe clients that you can't name in the past. You know, maybe maybe it's a just a terrible situation, or you made a recommendation they didn't take it, and it ended up being <laughs> not the best scenario in the end. Well, one of the hardest pieces of all that uh, pitfall is communication. Um, you know, and it's uh, it's difficult. You're here every day, you know, in your business, and things are working okay. Is today the day to bring up something sticky? You know, is today to bring up something? Is today the day I want to bring this up? It's easy to put off. Mm-hmm. And um, like business transitions, um, I mean, it, most things in life boil down to choices. And one choice is to basically do, do nothing. Just, I saw. A short little article in the Wall Street Journal. This was two or three years ago, but it really struck me. It was a business owner in Florida that had a family, and he was quoted as, "It's too hard. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave everything like it is. I'm gonna die and let my kids work it out." Jeez. I mean, that that was that was his plan. So, I mean, everything's a choice. That was his choice. I don't know if he actually lived. I don't know if he's still alive or what. Right. But that's a really a bad choice. Yeah. Because you know that probably isn't going to end very well. You can have siblings that don't like each other. One's, this is unfair. That's not right. I worked with a widow one time. Her husband was a vet. He found out he had cancer. And he was a vet in an area that didn't have any other vets. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was him. 
he had found out he had cancer, and he just shut the place down. Yep. Told told everybody that oh no I'm I'm done. Right. And, I, and all all I could think was oh my gosh there was so much value there that could have been sold. Imagine someone coming out of the UGA vet program. I'm sure they'd love to have bought a little practice. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then and then and then what made matters worse is you know vet vet buildings aren't exactly. Um, Transferable to other uses, yeah, know, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody wants a kennel on their back, right? <laughs> and so then we're trying to sell this building now as as a vet, you know, that was a vet as something else, and it was not. It just wasn't going well, especially in that time period. But yeah, sometimes people like that. I mean, it's there. They started off young, and they were an entrepreneur, and they built it, and they and they they're important. They got people that come to them with their dogs and cats and things yeah. and they feel good they enjoy that and they get hung up about this is me this is mine this is my life i built it and they don't think a whole lot about the future mm-hmm. and um and they don't really have a dream for the future necessarily it's just enjoying that and many small this smallest of businesses particularly sometimes the founder ends up gliding into the dust with it Oh, he's just there. He or she is just there. Yeah. And they like it. And all of a sudden now they're 70, 80, whatever. They're still trying to hang on. Never really step back to think about their life. And then one day, lo and behold, they die. You know, they never thought a whole lot about that, the yeah. future. Right. So it's an orientation towards the future, not just with you in it, but with others in it and what that's going to we, we have a, a question that I like to ask our uh you know clients and folks that we are beginning a relationship with i I like i don't i don't i don't want to talk about insurance by the way i just want to talk about them and i have a very simple question that sometimes well most of the time people don't have a ready answer for and the question is this say i'm sitting down with a with with a couple married couple i ask um what what tell me kind of paint a picture of what needs to happen if wife dies don't, don't think about this in terms of how much insurance you might need or anything. What needs to happen? Mm-hmm. And then I shut up, and I got a pad, and I write down what they think. And they say, well, let me think about that. And, I, you know, and often that conversation leads to nothing to do with insurance, but it's like, you know what? Our will, it reminds me, our will, we did that like 15 years ago. I can't remember what it says. I need to review that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it leads to those conversations. And like from a... A, a money management standpoint, well, you know, actually, I've got the relationship with um, with Casey or whoever, and but you've never even met Casey, actually. So um, I'd really, I might need to get you and Casey together so there's a transition there. So you know what we're doing. I, I know what we're doing, but you don't know what we're doing. So back and forth like that and then ask, flip it and say, what happens if the husband dies? Mm-hmm. which I was just alluding to. I yeah. mean, he's, he's, he's kind of got it, manages everything, and uh, gets some thinking. So, and then eventually it gets around to the financial. Well, uh, if one dies, is the other one going to continue to work or not? You know, what, what, what about the kids? You know, what, what's the deal with them? Um, so it's, it, it, it's that's orientation a, toward the future. Yeah. And, and that's a process we go through in planning. I always t- say that we're a 
financial planning firm that happens to also do asset management because everything starts with the plan. There's no client here right. that doesn't have a plan. Right. Um, and, and that's how we were able to identify where the weak areas are uh, in a plan. But when it, you know, but businesses are so much more complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you want to pass a business, you know, especially if there's employees and there's, it's, 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 it's like it's own baby <laughs> and they treat it like a baby sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that for most business owners, my recommendation would always be to go away and think about it. Like you have, you can't think about it in your office. You need to get up. You need to go somewhere separate to where you can think clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you were part of the strategic coach program for many years. You probably thought your clearest when you were away from the chaos, right. away from kids and family and just right. focused on this is what I want. And this is what I need to do. And this is my mission. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and one of the tenets of the strategic coach program, which, which I spent 25 years going to Chicago once, once a quarter for mm-hmm. 25 years, that's 200 plane rides. Right. Um, and, but, but one of the initial uh, tenets that came out of it is to make sure your future dreams are better and bigger than whatever has happened in the past. In other words, keep oriented toward the the past. The past is only valuable from the standpoint of uh, its research and development. You know, you, you tried some things, some things worked, some things didn't work. Yeah, that's gone. You can't go back and fix it. So let's think about going forward into the future, which involves all this we're talking about. But, but the question I ask, you know, the, the families is, it's not about, how grand the past has been. It's about, you know, if one of you dies or if you want to retire and like in your planning, what needs to happen? There's a big fear out there maybe about running out of money. I mean, even people that have a lot of money still have a deep seated fear of running out. Oh yeah. Because they remember what it was like to be broke. Right. And they don't, don't want to ever go back there. So, so they got these fears and people are living to be some pretty old these days. And both of my parents died with Alzheimer's. So I've been through years of that with both of them, yeah. which scares me about my genes. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, that's tough. Yeah. So, so the future is, is the orientation to all of this and not messing it up. Yeah, sure. When you, um, you know, you ran a business for many years now. Yeah. What is your, um, do, do you think you did the family work family balance well or do you would you go back and change any of that you know i've thought about that a lot after i just said don't think about the past i haven't haven't thought about that but the good news that i really don't have regrets i remember way way back um our kids were the oldest was maybe uh 15 you know Mm -hmm. uh so we were on a trip to Colorado. We're out at Vail, Colorado, and uh, it was in the summertime, actually. And so had an assignment, and we uh, said, all right, we have three, three kids. They're all obviously adults now, and here's what we're going to do. Here's a piece of paper. Here's uh, a pen or some kind of writing instrument, whatever it was. Go out. There's a hillside. Go find a quiet place. We're going to make a family Mission statement sounds kind of hokey. No, not you at know, all. You know, you do, to them it would be yes. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you do these things and and uh, you know you hang them up and nobody really ever necessarily reads it a whole lot. 
but they remember the experience of going out and, and decide, write down items, what words that describe the kind of family you want us to be. And they all did that. And they came back. And uh, Melissa, my wife, and I, we sat down with their pieces of paper, and we, had, we, we, we did the exercise ourselves. And we made sure we molded all those ideas. We didn't leave anything out. It mm-hmm. may not have been the words they used, but, but the concepts that they described. We molded it into a family um, mission statement, and we got it. Can't pronounce the word calligraphy. You know, got it. You oh know, yeah, the, mm-hmm. you know, the fancy kind of. Got right. somebody to do that, and and we all signed it, and it, it's been hanging in our house since. So, so we were not perfect with all of this, but being having a flexible schedule all those years, I, I could go to all of the, you know, school. Um, you know, conferences and things. Like yeah. That. So yeah, we, we really were there. Maybe it aired on the, we were there maybe too much, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But it wasn't like I was out working all the time. That, I, I, I think, think that's that. being a business owner. People say, I'm in my own business. Uh, so I could just do whatever I want and, and not have a boss. And actually, you know, we have about 350 bosses yeah. here. Right. Right. <laughs> so right. Right. It's, it's not that way at all. Every yeah. person we work for is an, is a new boss. Every, every yeah. week we acquire right. new bosses. Right. Um, but, but it's, it certainly gives you flexibility. Yeah. I work more than I would if I was in a normal job, yeah. Yeah. but, but I can be where I need to be. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it's very different. Um, uh, it, and at the same time for me, it's risk, I like the risk reward. I like knowing that, that, you know, we can grow a firm if we take certain, certain risk. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's a reward for that where there's not always that it's not always that way unless you're, I guess sales positions are a little more like that. Uh, But sales positions, you definitely have a boss and you definitely have quotas and (laughs) you, you got to go kill it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I wanted to get your your take on that. Well, I've always been a, a believer in mentors and coaches. Yeah, and part of that comes, I guess, from those early years of starvation. You know, I reached out to people. You know, a few friends that were ahead of me, and because mm-hmm. I almost got out of this business, it was so hard. Uh, yeah, and. And I went to I picked three people, and I went to them, and they they spoke truth into me about. Uh, you know, things I needed to know and, and hear about. And so I've, that set off the lifelong uh, agenda for me of having people around that I can talk to yep. that will tell me the truth. That's why I was in this coach program for 25 years. Um, and, and that was that was a, a day each quarter that I would sit down and think about what I'm doing and think about what I'm thinking. And yep. I come back with some written, you don't turn in your work. You don't have to stand up and say what you did. It's all, they don't, if you really, you can go and just ignore the whole thing, but I never did. Yeah. So I, I really attribute a lot of intentionality to having people in your life that make you do things that don't come naturally, and that's taking mm-hmm. time out to think. Yeah, absolutely. So. You know, I, I built Wiser. Um, I was an airline pilot for 12 years, and when you're flying, a lot of times it's like watching paint dry. Um, followed by, you know, 60 seconds of sheer terror. But um, but the sunsets and sunrises are beautiful. Yes, right? absolutely. But I, I remember um, so many mornings, you know, you get up at 4.30, get to the airport, you, you work that first flight back to Atlanta, uh, and then I'd be done for the day. 
and you know you're sitting there for maybe you know two hours and you just you know just you're literally just <laughs> just just sitting there right there's yeah. hardly any traffic on the radio and uh some of my best ideas just come from being up and just kind of awake and alert and and, and thinking and uh, also conferences I've, I found conferences that I'm not a speaker at <laughs> um that I I feel like that that's a that's a time that I'm able to really think about uh, what we need to change, what the future can look like. Um, and so the theme there is it's just all getting away. It's all, all removing yourself from the business to go think somewhere. And, and I think that's important. Right. Um, when, we, when we think about business succession planning, uh, you know, a lot of times we have, there's a lot of business that have partnerships. So key man insurance. So if Brad and I are partners, if I pass away, there's a life insurance policy that allows him to buy from my family, my estate, uh, my share. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also key man insurance that's also owned by the company, right? So if a key employee were to pass away, then the company has resources to go out and make a big hire. Mm-hmm. Right. What, what else is out there that I'm, we might be missing? Uh, well, it kind of goes back to that question about what needs to happen. And, um, yeah, if, if one of the partners in the business is the key to the relationships mm-hmm. out there with your customers or clients, and you don't even know them, you know, that's a problem. That person leaves. Your clients uh, may have somebody waiting in the wings ready to take the place of that relationship. So mm-hmm. there is a potential for loss, Uh Loss of clients, loss of a part of your business. If, if somebody dies, nobody's doing anything wrong. It's just the way it happens. So li- the purpose of life insurance is to create money. I mean, it's an asset that a business owns, an individual owns, a truck. It's just owned by somebody or something. And the purpose is to create dollars. And it's all uh, structured properly. It's tax-free dollars mm-hmm. when somebody dies. So if, if a death is going to cause a loss, uh, life insurance is something to be considered. So, if the company is buying the life insurance on a key man, it's that means it's not you don't you you don't get to write it off as right. an expense for the company, right? Uh, right. But it is received tax free. Yes, that's the way it works. And that's typically built on top of what whole life or variable life. Could be any. I mean, it, it, it could it technically be term? I guess. Yeah, it could be. It depends on. Uh, yeah, the life insurance business has gotten more and more complicated. And in the interest in all financial services, as y'all have probably noticed, has spiked up tremendously since COVID, particularly mm-hmm. on the life insurance side, because so many, so much talk about death and you know, do I have it? Am I going to like got to be in the hospital next week? You know, yeah. breathing okay. So, um, so it all comes down with life for life insurance is how long does it need to remain in effect? Is is this something that's just going to be a need for ten years? If yeah. so. Term insurance is the answer. If it's 15, it depends on the age. But now the policies are so flexible, we can dial in how long we can we want them to last and have a mm-hmm. and have a guaranteed premium. And it could be from for lifetime, or you can dial in age 92 if you want to, or some other age. It's all flexible. But we're big believers in uh, having the guarantees last as long as the need will be there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because 
uh, we, we were asked to review a lot of policies by financial advisors and mm-hmm. our team members and so forth. And it's amazing how little the, uh, you know, the, the owners of the policies understand about the policy. They may have bought it a few years ago and interest rates were higher and they started paying a premium. They don't know that, that the continuance of the policies depended upon interest returns. And so the, mm-hmm. the policies behind interest rates have been lower. Right. The stock market went through a period of, you know, 10 years of, you know, subpar, you know, sub-average uh, returns a few years ago. So things got behind and policies uh, may be prone to collapse or you have to pay a really high premium. And those are surprises, yeah. which are bad conversations to have. So it comes to how long it needs to last. Yeah, especially with the variable policies, it's not set it and forget it. It's more like set it and monitor it. Yeah, none of it needs to be set and forget, forget about it. I mean, I mean, even a term policy, uh, you know, people can buy a 10 year term policy or 15 and time flies and they mm-hmm. forget about it. They get, you know, paying this level premium, it's coming out of their bank account or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's all there. And if they don't review it or nobody asks them to review it or nobody brings it up, they get a letter in the mail. Hey, your premium is going from, from X to 10 X, you know, next month. It's like, that's right. a, that, that, that's a negative conversation right it's like already i didn't know that right so hopefully the policy's still convertible it may not convertible means you can flip it to another kind of insurance designed Mm -hmm. to to last longer some term policies uh, have good conversion rights some have very weak conversion rights and it may be it's not even convertible anymore if you wait till the very end so it has to be um, monitored and a few policies out there there's not many firms around like ours that, you know, they're planning to be around for a long time and want to avoid future negative conversations. <laughs> right. So, and plus we care about the people. They become our friends. Yeah. So we, we make sure people understand uh, how it works and remind them frequently through our correspondence and so forth. We, um, typically most of our clients are accumulating wealth at a pretty good clip. Mm-hmm. And, when we do our planning and we look at life insurance, um, to me, it always makes sense to do the term simply because assuming <laughs> that things keep going the way they are, they have more than enough net worth at 65 to be basically self-insured. Some of them don't even need long-term care um, because they've accumulated. Right. You know, when I do the, when we do the analysis on if you had to be in, in long-term care, you know, they're, their network just doesn't decline that much. Right. Um, what is your take on buy term invest the difference? Wow. That, that question has been around forever. I know it has. Um, and again, it comes down to how long you want it to last. Um, so you're just saying it's situational. It's all situational. And uh, you know, when it comes to term insurance, um, my experience over many years is that, People, there's, there's a lot of psychology around having life insurance. I'll tell you a story. It's kind of a negative one on me. My, my uncle, uh, he's passed away, so he won't hear this. But my uncle came to me many years ago. And I got lots of uncles, so I'm not. Uh, You're not just telling us I'm, which uncle. I'm not telling which one. <laughs> came, came to me and says, um, I'm, I'm getting a divorce, and I need insurance for 10 years. And I, and I, I, I don't approach, I, I, never, I never talked to him about insurance. He knew I was in the insurance business. So he yeah. comes, I need a 10-year term policy. I said, great. 
I didn't ask a whole lot. Mm-hmm. He's my uncle. I'm not going right. to argue with him. So we did a 10-year term policy. Time flies. His divorce is over. 10 years goes by. And uh, he gets that letter in the mail and says, your premium's going from blah, blah, blah to, like, out the roof. And he calls me. He wasn't angry. Yeah. You know, he loved me. But he says, what, what's the letter about? I said, well, don't you remember? You said you don't need it for 10 years. And, well, yeah, but I actually, I, I actually still need it. So he ended up paying some really high premiums, and then he ended up dropping it, and he got Alzheimer's. Anyway, it didn't end well. And that was a negative conversation for me. I felt like yeah. he, he didn't understand it. But, but I see that a lot. People have term policies, and they, and they get used to having it, and they want it to last. And, right. they, and the use for the insurance may change. It may no longer be for family security. It may be for charitable reasons, or it may be for, if they own a business, for a state equalization. I mean, uh, my own dad had some I'm talking too much here. But my, my, my <laughs> own dad had life insurance, and uh, – he didn't need it anymore to care, take care of me and my sister, mm-hmm. but he was he had Alzheimer's. So yeah. my sister and I paid the premiums because we want to keep it in effect to reimburse us for, for that, what we were paying right. for that care. It's yeah. wealth replacement. Yes. You, know, you yeah. can spend the assets down, replacing them with the life insurance right. proceeds to right. even out the, uh, the, the estate. Right. right. But, but that was a permanent kind of policy. So I'm saying that on paper, one thing can happen if you run the numbers. Yep. But uh, life insurance being an asset, it, we, we measure the value as the internal rate of return on the death benefit, not mm-hmm. the cash. Yeah. I mean, we do life insurance sometimes for cash accumulation because it's uh, the tax advantages, and you can, you can drive down the amount of insurance and, and beef up what you're paying. That, that, that helps with accumulation. But most of what we do is protection-oriented, and we measure it by the – internal rate of return upon death, and that's a tax-free number. And, right. it, and it's a, a decent number, even if you die really old. Yeah. So it's a conservative asset. So we're not really big. To answer your question, buy term investor difference, I've never really seen it work, you know, all the way down, like this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. They, they just think they're doing it, and they end up not having which is, the life insurance. Which is the important part of, you know, making sure that we're, in front of our clients every single year and that we're going over those topics. You know, we, we, that's something that in our industry, we, we kind of poke fun of our own industry, um, uh, financial services, because there's such a low barrier to entry. (laughs) Anybody become a financial advisor fairly quickly, right? Insurance too. And (laughs) so therefore when I go to conferences, I just get frustrated because I'm shaking it. I, I, I was, Joking with Brad many several years ago when we went to our we first conference, to conference I, I, told, yeah. I told Brad, I said, Brad, I have the knack of sitting at the worst table. So I look around, and I, I okay, I'll just go sit here, and I'll sit to the, the the worst table. I mean, I remember many years ago, I sat next to an advisor, and I said, hey, so, because ETFs were new back then, right? This is a long time ago. And I, I said, oh, you're using uh, ETFs? Because we're in the ETF lunch, right? And he goes, ah, oh, no, I don't know, man. I just buy clients, whatever, whatever's hot. That's what I buy them. If they want Google, I get them Google. <laughs> I'm just thinking, oh, my Lord. <laughs> so we did it again, didn't we? I think we sat at kind of this oddball, oddball table. Uh, although uh, the, the second day of that conference, we did sit next to that lady who's in charge of ESG investing for a very, very large asset manager. And she told me not to do it. The whole thing was a scam. <laughs> 
<laughs> we won't name her. We won't. No, I will not name her or the company. But I was like, yeah, that was my. I knew it was, but but no, I just that was my validation when the person in charge of it for a yeah. multinational asset management firm says it's a scam. That then it's a scam. Um, but, but yeah, that just goes into you know keeping in touch with your client, and I, I don't know that that's really the insurance model either. You know, you, you don't typically as insurance agents, you don't go, okay, we're going to sit down this year and we're going to review your insurance policy. You probably couldn't get people even to come in. Well, we, you know, we, we do remind them that it's important to do it. Yeah. And we've got clients all over the country. People move around. So it's hard. It is hard. You don't, they can do that later. But, uh, I was reviewing a policy that a, a financial advisor sent, uh, just this week and, and there was no contingent beneficiary. It wasn't anything we didn't, it wasn't one of our policies, but there's all sorts of sloppiness out there that uh, is kind of lying in a drawer someplace and can come and create a lot of complexity if sure. the primary beneficiary is no longer around and there's no contingent beneficiary and you know it goes to the estate and that's not what they want. It's just a uh, uh, blank that was not filled in or changed or updated. Yeah. Well, to your that, point earlier, it's an asset. It's okay? an asset. It, it's a piece of property. It just helped be in contract form. And, right? and, 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 and so you need to be reviewed relative to the circumstance that a person's in at whatever time, point in time that it's being reviewed. And circumstances do change. And I can tell you the interest peaks tremendously when a death occurs. I mean, mm-hmm. the family wants to know about this. How does it work? How quickly can we get you know this money? Sometimes... You know, it's it's needed more desperately than other times, but some sometimes it's really needed in a hurry. Yeah. Um, and and, and if, if insurance companies uh, upon a death, they want to push the money out. I mean, they're required by the state to pay interest, not much interest, but a little bit of interest from the date of death till they get the check out the door. Just uh, you know, but so they want to get the money out, but they got to be real careful who they send the money to, because if they end up sending it to the wrong entity or the wrong yeah. person. Getting it back is very difficult, right? So they're careful. Yeah, so we we want to get the money out. We just got to know who to send it to. We got to be confident we got it right. Yeah. So that's why everything's to be in order. Um, shifting gears a minute. Well, I will say to, to, to all that. That's the importance of having a comprehensive financial plan, and that's the importance of reviewing that plan once a year, because that that checks all the boxes and all the categories. Right. Um, not just retirement planning. Um, comprehensive planning. So that's property and casualty. That's insurance. That's that's your your estate work, right? Um, that should be looked at at least once a year. And I think that's what the good thing about advisors are is that we can hold families accountable and make sure that they're they're doing that. Um, let's shift gears a second. So again, this this uh, session this quarter is about legacy planning and teaching uh, the next generations about money and giving is very important. Right. Um, I know your son, David, mm-hmm. you did a great job. David, David's an amazing guy. Good guy. Um, what, and I know Laura, yep. um, who's an attorney now. Yeah. Uh, I actually referred a client to an attorney in town who begged me to go got the attorney's permission that we wouldn't be violating any attorney client privilege. So I went and I was very surprised she was sitting behind me the whole time. 
And I didn't, Laura was, I didn't yeah. know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She'd come yeah. in with a meeting. And I yeah. stood up and was like, hey, I know that person. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she's just uh, accomplished that. Yeah. So what, did you do anything growing up to, to teach them about money? Because we didn't have Dave Ramsey back yeah. then. There was, there was no course. My, we've been talking about my daughter taking a Dave Ramsey course to earn a saddle, and my son has recently been given an incentive to take the same teen Dave Ramsey course. Yeah. But it's like a whole semester's worth of work. This is not, you know, this is not uh, easy-peasy stuff. But, did, you know, I feel like a lot of people just get lucky. Or your fiber is obviously part of them, right? You and Melissa's somehow, you know, yeah, somehow all yeah. that, 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 that science stuff works out. Right. Right. So, but did, did you, did you do anything to them growing up? Say, this is, this is the saving jar. This is the giving jar. Not that detailed. I'm not sure, uh, that would have worked. You know, they're all different. We have three, they're all different. Yeah. And so, we, we did try an experiment, and I'm not going to identify who did what, but <laughs> Melissa and I, uh, I don't know, they were, uh, David was probably in high school by now, uh, but we, we said, okay, we're going to have a special dinner, and I had, uh, we had uh, six envelopes. We had, in one envelope was 3000 bucks, a check for 3000 bucks. Now, this is for your future. Mm-hmm. Don't blow it. Put it away, and the and the other envelope was a check for a thousand dollars or an IOU kind of thing for thousand dollars. It says your your role, your job here, is to over the next year find some body, some cause, something out there you want to give this thousand dollars to, or divvy it up, and give it to, just give it away. I want you to give it away. Mm-hmm. And uh, we tried to teach them empathy. Yeah, I don't know how successful we were, but we tried. Yeah. That's probably a hard thing to teach. It is, it is. But but one one of those uh, one of our kids said, um, you know, I have a friend. His dad just lost his job, and and uh, that ch- I'm not even going to say which gender here, mm-hmm. but that that child wanted to get a money order and put it in their mailbox anonymously, thousand bucks, <laughs> not tell them. So that was how what that's one, cool. That's what one did. Yeah. Another one. The other two kind of did nothing with it, but, but one of them came up sometime several months later and said, well, um, so-and-so is going to camp and they're trying to raise money, you know, to go to camp. And I wonder if y'all would like to give. And the bell went off and said, well, <laughs> right. what did you do with your money? Oh, no, no, this is like to... The parents are supposed to keep no, no, no. So they were keeping it. Yeah, yeah, they're keeping it. And the other, I'm not sure what they finally did with it. So we, we tried with varying degrees of success. Yeah. But we took them to things. We took them, uh, like my own, my own fiber was molded. My dad was a life insurance agent mm-hmm. right around Marietta to the lower income population. He was a debit life insurance. You don't even know oh. what that is, probably. No. I do. They went around and they collected. Door to door, collected. Yep. Wow. And one uh, of the largest ones was this Atlanta Life down here, wasn't it? Years and years. It and seems years really ago. dangerous today. Yeah. No, you can't do that today. I don't think it even, I'm sure it doesn't exist, but that's what that's that's how he fed us when we were growing up. And that's why I didn't want to go in the insurance business because I didn't want any part of whatever he was doing. Right. It just looks anyway. But here I am. Uh, but he, every Thanksgiving, we would get together or 
my, my parents would, would get like shoe boxes and wrap them in crepe paper and put fruit in them and nuts and candy and stuff. And, and my dad would drive us around to some of his, I don't know how he picked out who to go to, but he, but he, but he picks houses out and he would sit out in the car and send us two little kids, me and my sister up, up to the door with these boxes and we'd give it to them. And I remember going to one in particular that thought that we were poisoning, maybe poison. You know, oh, she, wow. She was, she was rude to us. And my dad was out in the car. I don't know what we said. I, my, my sister's older. She was doing all the talking. I was just watching, you know. And But it, but it was like she didn't trust us. She you kids are blah, blah, blah. And we left it. The next year we went back, same house, went up there, and she was totally transformed because she didn't. She wasn't poisoned. Mm. She realized we were there again. So that taught me, and I was probably, I might have been six years old, five years old. I, I was really little. Right. So my parents did a lot of that with me. We tried different little things along the way with our kids. Uh, successful, unsuccessful, we'll have to see. But they're all, they're all good people and got good hearts. And empathy and caring about other people is huge. Like you said, it's not all about... It's not all about just us. Yeah. No, I totally get it. We're, 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 we're trying to add financial advisors to our firm. And that's what separates a lot of candidates from other candidates is that it, the first conversation is how much money can I make? Yeah. And, yeah. and I need the first conversation to be how, how many people can we help? Cause, cause money, <laughs> it's a total, the money comes with, with the help. And the money can also <laughs> be a burden. Uh, true. It, it can yes. be a burden. I mean, I, I've got lots of stories and time's running out, but you know, I've, I've seen stories where sit, sit with a business owner or a wealthy person and say, you know, I know if I leave all this to my, my kids, I got this one and that one and the other. If I leave it to this one, it'll ruin them. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? You know, it's hard. Yeah. You know, being good, a good steward of what you've accumulated is, is not an easy task and it deserves a lot of. Yeah. You know, as my kids get older and, and they're teenagers, I, I realize it gets harder. There's probably things I could have done differently when they were younger with empathy, charitable type stuff. It gets harder when they're teenagers because we become uh, very stupid when they're teenagers. Right. Uh, yeah. And so uh, part of it, I feel like it's, it's starting to escape me. But um, uh, certainly with, with little ones, I, I think what it all comes down to is they typically do what they mimic or what they see, they mimic what they see. And so then by seeing you doing that, then I would think that okay, that's what we do. Right. Um, but I, I think all children, human nature is just, is selfish. And so you constantly are having to overcome that selfish nature, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll put in a plug for the cop community foundation. Absolutely. Here. Yeah. Aren't you on the board? Uh, no, I'm a, but I'm a affiliated advisor. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's right. Well, uh, a donor advised fund can be used. You know, the other parents put money in this fund and you get your grandkids together or kids and have them be kind of like what I did with my experiment yeah. you know, many years ago. And we got this amount of money. We want to give it away over the next year. Help us think through who to give it to. Be aware of needs mm-hmm. that you see out in the community. And then we as the adults can actually, here's some things going on. Which yep. one do you want us to give this money to? And we'll do this kind of together. Teaches mm-hmm. them that everybody's not necessarily like them. Yeah. Affluent. There are people out there that are really hurting. Yeah. 
hungry. Absolutely. Worried about having to move out next month. Absolutely. Mama lost her job. Dad lost his job. You know, that's. Yeah. Um, I, during COVID, I saw it for the first time. I saw the Marietta Country Club and clubs up in Highlands, North Carolina, reach their peak membership and start wait list. At the same time, uh, at the time I was on the Wellstar board, we would get some of these reports, hunger reports. Mm-hmm. And those reports were like, we have more people in Cobb County that are going hungry than ever before. Yeah. And it's not like they moved here. <laughs> Their life changed, right? right? And, and yeah, it, it, and it just, it broke my heart because I'm like, man, this is, this is, this is, uh, this is crazy. There, there are huge needs. And in so there's big needs out there right now. Right here. I, I know, uh, I said I'm big, big on counselors and mentors. One mentor told me a while back, Gary, you want to go out and change the world. You're upset about far away things. And that's, that's okay. That's who you are. Yeah. You can't change any of that. You can't control any of that. The only thing you can really have an effect on is those within three feet around you. You know, which is your family. Yeah. Your, kind of go out from there. You can't change the world, but you look around, you don't have to go very far to see needs. And a need may be, be encouragement. True. Encourage somebody. Let yeah. them know you're aware of them. You know, I, I see you. Yep. And you know, that things like that mean a lot instead of being isolated and uh, scared. A lot of fear out there right now. It, amazing the population that we have around us and how lonely it can be sometimes. Yes. Exactly. And especially... For uh, going back to our theme today, especially for business owners who are supposed to be king of the hill, mm-hmm. right? I, I, many years ago, I had a business owner that, that owned a couple of restaurants. He committed suicide. And he left a note that basically says that uh, along the lines of, uh, you know, sometimes the lion needs help too. Yeah, it's, lo- it's lonely at the top. Yeah. And so it's, um, uh, you never wanted to come to that for, for sure, but... But yeah, being being encouraging to someone around you or being kind to someone around you doesn't really cost you anything. <laughs> That's the kind of thing people remember, which which it's uh, again being kind to your future self and people around you, um, and not losing the game, you know, in the very last second by leaving a mess. Yeah, financially or relationally, mm-hmm. uh, it's important. Yeah, it, it, it's. Um, it really comes back down to that that planning, that comprehensive planning, and going through everything, every single step. And obviously, insurance is is a part of that, especially in your younger years when you have a family to support, uh, debts to erase if you're if you're gone home, stuff like that. Yep. Um, well, well, Gary, you're you're well thought of in the community for your um, for your encouragement and your commitment to a lot of the uh, nonprofits uh, collaborative is, is one of those. I think we have them on as a guest uh, in, the, uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, but thank you for taking time to come on here. Pleasure. And always enjoyed the conversation. Brad, it was until great. next time. Thanks for listening to a wiser retirement podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you don't miss any new episodes. We would also appreciate if you could leave a rating and review. If you have any questions about anything that was discussed today, head to wiserinvestor.com and reach out. 
We would love to hear from you. This episode was produced and edited by Lilton Moore. This podcast is strictly for informational purposes only and is not to be considered as investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any financial products, securities, digital assets, or any other investment vehicles or a basis to make any financial decisions. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The host and or guest may personally own securities, digital assets, or other investment vehicles mentioned on this podcast. Neither the host nor guest of the show are compensated for their participation and no referral fees are paid to or received by any host or guest for clients, listeners, or similar interests. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor, tax professional, insurance professional, and or legal professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.